Mocha Paka P-Side. Is this Phoenix? No, it's Fiji. I have no idea what you're referencing. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back in the heart of all things. That's Clarendon, back again for episode 236 of Pace the Nation. I think it's like our 10th episode during this uh, global pandemic, uh, and I am back with a full crew who maybe can verify that information across from me. It's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? What's up? We're here. Let's not talk about the weather. No. It doesn't feel like May or almost June or whatever it's it like is. 50s. It's it's actually... I'm well, it's digging. your favorite running weather, but it is Memorial Day weekend coming up. The one thing Joanna E. Russo and I could agree on was we like the cooler weather. Not the snow, but the cooler weather. Cooler temps, good running weather outside. Uh, let's bring in our other co-hosts. From his bunker in Arlington, it's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Well, I find it very interesting that you think we know how many episodes we've done under isolation when I don't even know what day of the week it is. <laughs> right. I don't know what month it is. Yeah. Like, I, I have no idea what's going on. And how do we quantify that if Docs has technically been quarantined for seven years? <laughs> yeah. 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 This is... A- Episode 236 of Doc's Quarantine. Uh, And this is probably our 10th, Julie. Yes. Um, Well, we are, you know, at one point we decided not that we weren't going to talk about the global pandemic. And that was funny. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really dumb idea. Uh, Because I don't know. I was talking to somebody yesterday. What else is there to talk about? Let's be honest. I mean, I, we. this is probably a dead horse that we continue to beat, but what really else is there to talk about? We could talk about the German Bundesliga's back. You know, I, I realize that I, I, um, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I also realize that I'm just a DC United fan, too. So that just doesn't move me. So, huh. um, sorry. Live sports don't move you? I it, mean, I, yes. I would think you'd be ready to watch pretty much everything anything you, you at would this point. think you would think but that was happening they had some nascar there was some golf i watched zero of it so i realized that i'm a fan of some sports but not all sports that's lame if it's if it's, if it's live sports i'm not necessarily going to watch it that's wow. that's what i realized you you surprised me um i thought you were going to go in a different direction and you were going to say that uh, you realized, even though you're not a fan of German soccer, the absence of live sports, uh, you you ended up watching nine straight hours. So I, I'm <laughs> I'm surprised by by you saying that you just thumb your nose in that direction. But but yeah. I, I get it. You 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 don't have a, a a very good cultural understanding of of the sport, and uh, you're not really a big sports fan. So I get it. I understand why you're well, you, you you wouldn't watch that. Would, and he's also not very cultured in general, right? So. I, I, would, I would agree. I would probably agree with that, but I'd vehemently disagree with not being... I am the biggest sports fan anybody knows. I just like the sports that I like. All the biggest sports fans I know watch German Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think there's probably a time difference thing. I just couldn't. I don't know. Uh, it's too hard to understand when it would be on. So I just, I'm out. I'm out on it. <laughs> what do you mean it's too hard to understand when it would be I on? I don't know when it would be on or I don't know. I'm just, I'm out on it. It sounds like it would be on in the middle of the night or the middle of the day. No, they play their it, games so. in the day in, in, in Europe. I wonder if a secondary benefit of being one of the first live sports to go back live is like now you're going to ha- have a huge following because all the real sports fans, like now we've learned that that Chris Farley is a sports yeah, fan pe- of only the sports and sports. only the teams. But people who are actually just like dying for any type of live sport are now like these, th- that league in Germany is probably going to have a ton of new fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Not, not, not one um, in not Clarendon. Chris Farley, not but this one. No, no. Well, I, let me pose a question to Julie. It's, this is pointless to ask Farley. He's not really into sports, but but a question <laughs> for a question for Julie. They didn't have fans in the stands, and and the South Korean baseball. They also don't have fans in the stands. Uh, do, what do you think about that? I mean, I think it takes away from the energy and and maybe the excitement of play. I think it's probably a lot harder on the, the athletes themselves than it is the fans who are trying to watch. But at this point, I think people are so desperate, they'll take whatever they can get. I I, I halfway agree with you, but, but I'm, I guess I'm in the minority because I've always said that the fans are the worst part about sports. <laughs> take, take Chris Farley, for example. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, it it doesn't really bother me that the fans aren't there. I I do agree that that the energy uh, there's less energy when you're watching it, and I and I also agree that that people are so starved for sports. Most people are so starved for sports that that uh, it's okay to have the games without the fans. So I'm well, I'm I'm I I like it. I'm okay with with where we are. I mean it's it's the best of what we could do with where we are. Well. The, the one thing that is happening sports-wise is that uh, people are running. And I want to get us back on track here. Um, <laughs> they're not running, they're not running uh, competitions, but people are out running. That's for sure. Um, so uh, we'll talk a little running today. This is Pace the Nation, your, your favorite running podcast. So we will talk a little running today. Uh, on the show, we're going to talk about running bits, some bad running bits, some good running bits. Just running bits that are happening because of the global pandemic. Do people know what bits are? <laughs> I don't know. We'll explain to them what they are. If they don't... They can um, Google it. We'll ex- yeah. Uh, we'll also talk about what they're doing in Toronto, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, or Julie will talk about that. She alerted me to what they're doing over about a 60-kilometer uh, stretch in Toronto. Uh, and also today on the program, uh, Docs and I's lifelong friend... Well, not lifelong, but... Um, since life began. <laughs> yes, when we went to Virginia. Uh, life, life for us started in college. Co- yeah, it, it truly did. Uh, college teammate. Uh, <laughs> just making fun of you. <laughs> it truly did, yes. All right, so we'll just say our friend for life, Docs. Uh, Raymond Whedon is going to join us. He is, a, uh, he is an educator in Washington, D.C. He is the executive director of Thurgood Marshall Academy. All right, we wanted to talk to Raymond today about issues that have come to light uh, because of the Ahmed Arbery murder that happened in Georgia uh, a few months ago. So uh, we'll bring Raymond on to talk about that serious topic. Uh, good friend of ours, member of Kai Shai as well, and everybody who listens to uh, 
This podcast knows uh, the legendary fraternity Kai Shai as Julie shakes her head. Uh, so yeah, Ray- I would. I would say, um, despite the fact that he's. In Kai Shai, he, he actually does know what he's talking about, so give him a chance. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we'll uh, we'll talk to Raymond. You know what? Let's bring him on next. Excited to have on the phone with us from Washington, D.C., a buddy of ours, a lifelong educator, a lifelong runner. Raymond Whedon joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs and Julie, we are excited to be joined on the phone from Washington, D.C., a good buddy of ours. He is the executive director of the Thurgood Marshall Academy. It's Raymond Weed. And Raymond, how are you? I'm great. Nice to be, be on the show. Uh, you um, know, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate you joining us. Um, you know, Docs and I have had many iterations of, of other podcasts uh, you've been a host on some other podcasts, so you're you're familiar with this this forum. Um, do you listen to Pace the Nation? I'm putting you on the spot as we uh, right out of the gates here. You listen to Pace <laughs> the Nation. You really are. You really are putting me on the spot. So here's my history of Pace the Nation. I think I listened to the first couple episodes, and then I realized that it had nothing to do with politics and nothing to do with um, things that I was interested so in. you want more politics man i want yeah. less politics Do- docs no. would love for you to uh to, to, to do more <laughs> i know I, and, and then i the, the docs 2020 i listened to that episode one mm-hmm. of my favorite episodes i share all the all the time and then i this morning i listened to last week's episode just so i could be sure what you all actually good did. all um, right so you so just to have some context of what you're getting into uh, yeah, wait yeah, this yeah. morning you watch you listen to last week's episode okay yeah. i know so i learned about a new shoe brand mm-hmm. um, that guy is super smart yeah <laughs> um, wow he was using some really smart big words about running right um, <laughs> you're talking about chris and then and then once again impressed with the hard work that um all you all do in terms of making sure our essential workers are taken care of well so. i appreciate that man and we actually have a couple pairs of shoes from on so another big uh shout out to on and chris and all they did we for um a couple frontline workers that you know. Who who are who are those uh, two shoes designated for? Yeah, so we every week since since March thirteenth, what we've been doing is everyone who's on our payroll, we divided our student population up. So everyone has five to six families that they're responsible for calling and just doing a wellness check on. So mm-hmm. uh, we're just saying like, how are you doing? What do you need? Is there anything that you can help? We're not stressed about schoolwork. We're not stressed about like. You know, not being online for certain days, like, are you okay is really the key. And so my some of my parents are um, grocery store workers um, and nurses, and just talking to them every week about just what they're going through and trying to balance their family at home, uh, being able, putting themselves in danger in ways that um, I would not want to be in, mm-hmm. and just knowing that them as, like, mothers. Um, so... When I saw that you all were joining that and you all had had a couple of pairs, I had two parents that I wanted to be able to take care of. So That's really awesome, man. That. And we're, we're looking to do some more stuff. So uh, I'll, I'll connect with you uh, maybe with other brands too. Uh, uh, big, big props to my vendors who have really, our vendors have really wanted to help out. And there's a lot of people in need. Um, so you're in education, Raymond. Um, 
is is school ever going to come back? Are we go, are we ever going to go back to school? <laughs> so I I've been telling people yes question mark <laughs> um, and and the reason is that what we know and what we do at school is going to be different for a while. But the key components are we just don't know enough about this virus, and we and kids are just too valuable. So every family is going to have to decide like what are the metrics that they have for themselves that they're going to be comfortable moving their kid back into a school building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every employee, too. And so like um, for our family, we don't even know what that is. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to be going into school. Like There are some families who are outright told me, like, I'm not getting my child back into that building until there's a vaccine. Um, and then there are some families who, like, they depend on school as a source of childcare. Sure. Um, and they have not been able to work because they can't work from home um, in the jobs that they're in. So like, that spectrum is, is really scary. Um, I think there will be something in the fall. Um, I think that something in the fall is going to be, at best, a third to half of the students in the classroom at the same time. And going to be an insane number of social distancing um, kind of things that we need to do and, and protection things um, in, the, in the school building. Wow. I mean, so you guys must be working from home overtime to sort of, sort of figure this out. Um, how's that going? So for the, the week now, it is working out well. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm super blessed to have two kids who just love school. Mm-hmm. They 100% got that from their mother. <laughs> um, if, if I would be like many of my students, like, oh, you know, I, I just don't want to. So they, they, we kind of resurrected two computers that we were going to get rid of. So there are no, uh, I'm on my, my calls all day and Liz are holes all day. So we have four computers going and there's conferences all the time. Uh, for many of my parents and students, uh, we gave devices out to um, every student that needed one on March 13th. On the day that we, we were leaving, so they, we just unlocked our, our laptop carts and were handing them out to students, knowing that many of them didn't have that. And then we set up a lot of families with internet connectivity because not every family has internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had to do a whole other batch because we realized that the, the Chromebook that we gave out, that two to three students and their mom may have been working on this because they're working from home. So we had to give a, a couple more out just to make sure they have the right device to do what they need to do. Did you guys have those kind of resources? You had them already on hand at school? Is that something that you guys are using in the classroom already? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is definitely where I, I know where Farley and, and, and Docs and I are good friends, but I don't always think things through um, before <laughs> before joining them. And so, like, I had good feelings that we weren't coming back. And so what we did is that we did a really quick survey um, the symptoms to parents on the Wednesday beforehand because I had a hunch something was going to happen. And, you know, this is just my brilliance. And so we sent that email to families and asked them if they had conductivity and internet. And guess what? We didn't get a lot of turnout from the survey. <laughs> so what we had to do on the Friday morning um, before when we knew we were going to close down that we just, we changed the schedule. We surveyed every student. And then we found that about a third of our students needed them. Uh, we have one-to-one in the building, or pretty close to it, in terms of when students are using computers um, during the day. So then we were able to distribute what was in the building, what was designated for testing, too, um, to be able to send that out. So it just, it things just kind of aligned, and then soon after we distributed, we just paid, um, ordered another batch of computers, like, just saying, like, we may not get these back. Um, so we got to order some 
um, some back. And not because students are going to do anything bad with them, just because, like, a computer going to a home that didn't necessarily have the home, like, there's all kinds of things that can go badly. Um, sure. We break things here daily. Um, same in our house. Yeah, same in our house. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, we had a lot of that going on at Georgetown, too. Um, we certainly had student-athletes who didn't have connectivity at home, too. So the university, like, you know, last minute was just trying to figure out, you know, buy hotspots, get them, ship them mm-hmm. overnight to kids, make sure that, you know, they had the resources and stuff. We've seen broken computers. We've seen all kinds of stuff happen, and the university's had to step up. Plus, you, you know, you've got employees that ne- don't necessarily have those uh, resources mm-hmm. at home either. So... It's been amazing. I know like Amazon was even sold out of some of these um, like tablet options um, because there was just such an influx all at once. It's all at once. And every student in the country from three-year-olds all the way through um, grad students, right? I mean, they're all doing the same thing. And so like we we were not prepared for this, but I, I think as a city and in a country, I think people responded really well. I agree. All right, well, let's transition uh, to a, a, another serious topic, uh, Raymond. So I, I follow you on Twitter. It's at Raymond Whedon. And, um, you know, Raymond was a, was a star runner at Virginia, four-minute miler. Um, you've been running, you know, into this tweet. You said, I've been running since sixth grade. And we're, of course, transitioning to the uh, Ahmed Arbery uh, topic here. Uh, I've been running since sixth grade, including college and professionally. I've been stopped by officers at least a dozen times in my life for running. And, and I, I know you, I, I consider you a really good friend and know you, um, what I thought, you know, pretty well, that just struck a chord with me and, and frankly shocked me. Um, can you speak to that tweet and kind of your thoughts on the whole, um, Ahmed Arbery situation? Yeah. I mean, the, one of the benefits of, of running is that like, you, you know, you get to be free and, and be yourself and, and don't have to worry about all the stuff that, that is happening in the world, or you can process all the stuff that you can happen into the world, according to my, according to my therapist. That's how she <laughs> says that I got through things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what I, I, I have not been sleeping well during this, uh, this pandemic. And so I saw that, the tweet about, um, Ahmed Aubrey, like somewhere like three in the morning. And I was like, what in the world? Like, how can we not have heard about this um, two, two months later? And then I instantly just like kind of like a rush of all the times that I thought about that I've been stopped um, directly around the corner from my house in Cleveland. There's a, there's a really nice park, very similar to Kenworth Park, where you have that big cross country race. And, you know, that is where I trained um, when I was home in Cleveland. And in high school, I didn't start until really cross country until my sophomore year. And my junior year, running, um, and it's dribbling, and the police station's at the bottom of the hill. And I remember, like, them slowly, like, trailing me, and then say, what are you doing, boy? Like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Where are you going? Where are you running? Um, and this is my local police station, right? This, this is, like, right. you know, this is, like, people who I, who I, I should be protecting and serving. And I was like, I'm running. Like, why are you running? And, like, and the thought of a black person running cross country in Cleveland is, like, you know, that's kind of like a black person playing hockey. Like, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> right. um, and... And just from then, like, there have been many moments that, like, especially when I was a uh, professional, like, running in the middle of nowhere, Massachusetts, or Maine, and the time where I'm by myself, like, I I was stopped. Like, I remember once in Aspen, um, and this is actually, I was just walk, walking, 
and Cube was really sick, and so I, I went down to go get some some medicine for for him. And I'm walking back, and um, the officer is kind of slowly pulls up and says, "Like, where are you going? Like, where were you part of all this this noise and, and the stuff that we've been hearing about?" And like, I'm a 36 year old like black male principal at this point. Like, I'm like, and I'm still being wow. um, stopped for walking with medicine. Like, that's that's essentially all I'm doing. Um, and I remember that day, like I slept the rest of the day, like this happened around two. I was like, I'm done. Like I just shut down my body for the rest of the day. So I think part of the reason like why I, I don't share that, like it is so normal. And sometimes like, um, it comes out in like a, a vomit, like of all these kind of suppressed kind of experiences, um, that, that are normal for me. But then when you see stuff that, that happens, like, like killed, like legitimately killed, um, for running and, and, God bless him and his family and, 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 and just the, the ordeal that they're going through in terms of people trying to like make it out to be more than like, no matter how you look at it, it is a modern day lynching of being chased down, um, persecuted and like, um, and judged like on the spot, um, for whatever you're claiming that this person did. And I think about like, I, I may know people who, who have shot potato guns into construction sites or <laughs> may know people who have been like, a lot just to be very specific to. yeah just to be very specific about yeah <laughs> that's I mean, a weird thing to say. oh boy yeah 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 <laughs> right like I, I i can go down a list of things that like um that, that, that i like tearing up um property in terms of a, a, a public park that like we 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 hold to be funny and like um right. value and it, it just goes to the the, the the joy, honestly, of me, like, there is some protection of being around you, you all. And I knew that there was a protection of being around you all and running that. I've never, never got stopped. But I was terrified to go to, like, places like Camp Holiday Trails or the dirt road by myself. Wow. Um, just not knowing how people were going to respond. Raymond, when you, you say that you were, you were running professionally and, and you would travel for races and that required you to go run in in new areas like say you're up in massachusetts and you're by yourself and you're going for a run can you can you kind of give us some insight of of maybe like what your mindset is when you go run somewhere new yeah um i actually had the same routine um every single time i went to a a new town uh one i would find out from whoever i was staying with because i couldn't afford hotel (laughs) <laughs> where, to, where to run. Um, I would usually try to run that with them just so, like, I could be seen with someone who was from the from the area. Um, I almost immediately always went to the library soon thereafter. I went to the library for a couple of reasons. One, I love the library, but then two, it's another place to be seen by people in the community. Um, so that way, when I ran on my own, um, there were a couple of kind of, like, visual markers that people saw that um this guy is okay right because you know i know i know it's surprising but i i can be pretty intimidating as a <laughs> 160 pound um skinny guy with no shirt on um running through certain neighborhoods and so i i actually pretty much did the same routine every time um and when people couldn't run with me i rarely um got off of um main road so there'd be sometimes where i'm just running on the highway road versus tucking into a neighborhood where you know, this may be more more eyes and people wondering what's mm-hmm. going on. Where it might be safer as well for you to run as as and a runner not, with traffic and everything like that, which is and crazy. I define safer different ways. Like safer, right, right, right. 
like, but also like I did not want to startle any one of my runs. Like I, there, I, I purposely like cross streets and we're just about to saw someone and like wow. I kept here. I would just completely turn around and go the other way. So I didn't like. I just didn't want to be a, a thing. And did did you ever have any thoughts about? like running through your head before anything ever happened did you have any thoughts like this is how the conversation's going to go if somebody stops me oh who does that still absolutely who does that um and and i i am not the best at telling routes to people but like often i was say, hey i'm running to this point here's where i'm going just so people knew where i was going just in case absolutely always came up with like what like what i'm going to say how i'm going to say it how do, you, I mean, how do you explain that you are a professional runner? I'm um, like, that's actually not normal. So, like, saying that to people, like, it would be hard. Oh, I'm staying at, you know, I'm staying in, in Waffle. I'm staying in, like, um, uh, wherever wherever you all live in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Um, that was hard to, I just always had to come up with some kind of a story. Just so, like, it makes sense for people. That's crazy. Wow. Do you feel, uh, do, do you feel that in a place like where you live now in Washington DC or is it any, is it any better? Is it, is it a uh, specific to an area or is it just everywhere? Yeah, it's definitely better here. I mean, we, we picked DC because it, it had a high black population. Like um, I wanted to be in a city that just had more black folks around. Um, and so like you see more black folks doing things that are normal. And, and uh, the people who are nervous about, um, black folks being where they are is because they don't have that relationship with people. And, and, I, and I think it's important, like, who you eat with and who you let your kids play with is really important. Um, because, like, those are the people who you're listening to and talking to all the time. And and it is also, like, a reflection of, like, how you, um, what you value um, in, in many ways. And so, um, like, it, it means a lot to me that, like, the only two males, um, that like my kids or my friends that they call uncle, like beyond their real uncles are the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's just a reflection. Like that's just the type of relationship we have. And like, even if this phone call, like we, we would have had this phone, this conversation no matter what, because like you're interested and you're trying to figure that out. Um, and I, I would say that most of the time, like Aspen, Colorado, like I don't think you can get much wider than Aspen, Colorado. Right. right? right. <laughs> and so, like, um, it probably is bizarre for a black male to be running, to be walking with medicine because the child is sick because you're not used to that. But that doesn't mean that like, you should like um, address it in a way that it was addressed with me. Um, and then again, I think that it's like I'm, I'm, I have never been in a situation where my life was threatened as a result. How do you feel like the, the response has been? Um, you know, there, I feel like there, the, 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 maybe the running community has been, galvanized behind this um but it's just hard for me to really comment or process it as a as a white guy and you as a black male have a different perspective how how, how do you feel like uh the the, the response has been yeah i mean yeah, one i was i honestly was surprised that um there was a response and so anytime there's a response that's better um i think um the quote back from last week like I appreciate the fact that people are trying to do something. Not much social change is happening because people are running 26 points something miles, but right, like right. it is an acknowledgement that like you're aware that something happened and that there is something that you want to do about it. Um, 
but like I, I, what I would push people to do is continue to learn more about like, what is white supremacy? What is racism? What does it mean to be uh, anti-racist? What does it mean to like, to have people who are your friends who like you talk to and then people who like you're actually engaging in critical conversations around um, race, gender, all those kind of things. And then what are you willing to, to like do yourself that is different on a daily basis? And I think that's the hardest part. Like mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of smart people who are still pretty bad. <laughs> um, but like, and who know that they're, and actually now they know they're like, um, like a super educated racist, right? But like, how do you go about doing something that like is a, may go against the, the grain of your own kind of daily kind of actions and beliefs? Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is like a, a, a huge sign of growth and development. Like I think about our parents who grew up in the you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s, like they're thinking about the world when they were born compared to their thinking about the world as of now is greatly different. And that's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're learning all along. Um, but like if the next piece will be like, what is it that we're going to force to change the policy? And then what, what are we not going to stand for in casual conversations and, and things like that? Raymond, I think you, you bring up some great points there. Um, one observation that I have with this, I run with mod um, hashtag or movement or, or whatever it is that, that, that running, it seemed like, uh, a lot of people were isolating this incident or looking at it as an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. And and really, when it first came out, when the video came out, there was an outcry um, that that justice should be served for, for the two people in Georgia who, who committed the murder. Um, how do you how do you recommend changing that conversation so that it's not just about this one incident, but it's about a, a, a bigger picture. I mean, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, how do I solve the world's problems? Um, I would say... <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. No big deal. No pressure here. <laughs> is, that a fair, is that a fair question to say? Like, no, I, mean, I, I think it's a fair question in that, like, I don't, I don't know. I think the, yeah. the, the thing that I am going to continue to try to do is, like, challenge and bring it up in places that is uncomfortable um just because like that is the the best tool that i know how like i don't have many skill sets um <laughs> i can run in circles <laughs> i can allegedly teach math um and then i can run schools like and those are pretty boring topics so, dude, and then the only on, you, only thing i'm really interested in is like civil rights which is like great like not many people are excited about those things i can so, sell shoes that's you got way better you got way better i can stuff. vouch for that i yeah. can vouch for that yeah, but, no but like yeah. but here, here's where here's where i think that connection actually your point is is key right like the fact that you're spending x i don't know how much you're going to cut of this interview but x amount of time two weeks in a row talking about this topic it's forcing people to think about it. Mm-hmm. If it's forcing people to think about it, somebody's going to have a conversation about it with their friend or neighbor, hopefully, right? And so then, when there is another case, like the Breonna Taylor case that happened in Kentucky, yeah. um, like th- it is another like layer of that conversation. And I see this very similar to um, my early beliefs as a young middle, as a as a um, as a young male at an all boy high school about gay people to my understanding about how the world is now about um, gender and what that means. Like 
I am ashamed of myself for what I thought about and what I said when I was a, a, a high school teenager, right? But like over time and forced conversations and really get to know people, like um, I shift it and what that looks like and sounds like. Um, and that is a hundred percent because of this learning more. Um, how, how did uh, this personally affect you and your family or behaviors of you and your family? I mean, you know, I, I agree. It's got to be continued to be talked about and, and, um, but for, for someone who's not as affected like you are, maybe it's just, you know, a, a day or two of thoughts and, you know, that's, you know, and then, then we move on with life. Did yeah. you probably didn't just move on with life? I mean, this probably affected you more than most. Yeah. I mean, QBQB has already had like the talk with the talk that, that, um, many black parents give their kids about like, how do you respond uh, when the police are around, how to respond when, like, uh, um, like there are just folks who are just definitely not left their best interest. Like, you know, he was, he, he was cutting um, neighbor's grass. Uh, this is two years ago, so this is when he was, um, I guess, 12. You're talking about your son, yeah. just so people yeah, sorry, have sorry. context. Sorry. Yeah. sorry, thank you, my son. And officers stopped him because he was pushing a lawn more to another neighbor's yard to go cut their grass um, to go make some money, right? And, and like, he, he's completely like, why are they stopping me? Like, so, you know, we got to have that conversation. Um, we had to have that conversation with him, right? Um, that morning, um, Avis, my daughter, thank you, Kate, for reminding me, um, uh, she has been, her post, her soccer coach challenged her to do a three-quarters of a mile every day. So Avis is very similar to, to me. Like, I have a job. I need to do it. <laughs> she gets out, and she has this loop. She does a mile every day because, like, why do three quarters when you do a mile? And I had just finished my run uh, that morning, and then she said she was going out. And typically, I just let her do her loop. And and that morning, I was like, no, nope, you know what? I am actually going to go around there. Um, and, like, I'm in the safest of safe neighborhoods. And, but it's like that, all those terrible memories, like, um, keep coming back. And so, and, and so those are things that, like, we're doing like just because of a, a reaction. And um, I think the, the other pieces like really looking at what I'm trying to do at our school is look at our curriculum, look at like the time that we allow for students to actually process um, kind of acute trauma that happens right now um, in these stories because like this could have been their uncles or this could have been their brothers in terms of the age that they're at. And they know other students and their peers or themselves who have been um, kind of like stopped or harassed as a result of just just who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask um, how it affects you as an educator. I mean, do you do you see yourself changing things when you go back? Like, or is it already part of your curriculum? Both of these, I would say both. So um, we are taking this opportunity because of the, the virus to really start to flip things on its head. Um, and like, and why do we have certain policies and why do we have um, certain pathways for whatever students Um so we're, I'm really pushing it like as many students as we can to get dual enrollment. Um, to understand, like, we can get a lot of students, like, a lot of credits right now. It's not all dependent on AP, which is a whole nother, I can go on there, about <laughs> right. how terrible they are and blah, blah, blah. Um, hopefully none of your listeners work for AP, college board. And then, I'm sure um, they do, but that's, that's fine. I like your opinion on it. That's good. <laughs> um, and I think to Julie, to your question, so one of the things that um, my brother and I, my brother is a, is a, is a grocery store worker. Um, um, I'm, I'm going to get the word wrong, but he's also like a, a beer master. 
And mm-hmm. so one of the things that we're going to do, we're thinking about doing like a, a book talk. We could do an audio book and we could do a real book on um, Stamp from the Beginning by um, Jason Reynolds. And I'm going to mess the title up. Abraham Kendi, Abraham X. Kendi, which is a really good young adult novel, but it's just a really good book um, about like what does um, racism and white supremacy and uh, anti-racism look like throughout history. And we're just going to talk about it and like, invite people to talk about it. And, like those are two small things that we're going to do. Um, and then we're going to move that into our kind of like our whole team discussion, a, a different, the same book with a different group. Um, just because like I do have a platform where I can force conversations. So I'm going to force conversations um, until someone tells me that I can't, which is usually when I have a growth plan that someone is walking <laughs> me out the door. But um, I don't think they're going to give that to me this summer. So I'm going to just keep forcing it. I think you should, man. And, I, you know, something about Raymond, and this is like, I don't know how to phrase this or if this is delicate, but you're not a person who is over dramatic about racism or super outspoken about racism you i mean so when you sort of dug in on this it really resonated with me is that a fair is that a fair thing to say i feel like the you know the the, the people who are you know it, who are all who are talking about all the time all the time all the time their words just kind of blend together uh, is that fair for you to say that you really kind of dug in on this one? I it, I think it caught me by surprise. And, you know, yes, you're right. Most most of my tweets are one word or maybe three. Um, um, but it was something about that. And, then, and I had just um, reread the Coast book. And so, like, a lot of those kind of uh, things about, like, protecting black bodies and stuff like that was just really... Um, it was still swirling around in my head. And so I would say, yeah. Um, and that's just the type of person. Like, you know, you all know my family just because I, maybe I shared it, but I don't talk too much. Um, I don't share too many details about what's going on. Um, but there are moments where I snap. And so I, I will say, yeah, that's rare assessment. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's right. Maybe I should be talking more. I should right. be pushing on. Right. But I, I just feel like it had hit home for me. That's, well, it was yeah. a different... You know, it was um, it was an incident that happened in you know Raymond in the beginning of the conversation. Kind of talked about what running you know means to him. It's a place sure. to like feel safe Sacred. and be you know with your thoughts. And and so that was in this in this um, tragic tragedy was robbed yeah. right. And so it hits us differently. You know, it hit the running community differently. Um, you know, there's countless deaths like that happen across the country every single day. So this is a different situation because it hits home for us. It's it's part of it's part of who we are, you know, as as runners, right? And so it sounds like it resonated differently. And, and certainly, you know, as a as a director of track and field at Georgetown, like it it you know it destroyed me just thinking about my student athletes and the people that I care so deeply about and like those fears that would you know be coming further to the surface was yeah really hard i i agree i mean running flat out saved my life there's no mm-hmm. and the best about it like it clearly wasn't football because that got eliminated two weeks in the freshman football <laughs> um my lateral my lateral movement um did not even let me get the freshman team in basketball um and so like if it wasn't for the fact that i led her my freshman year and then they kind of like hey maybe you should try cross country like 
there's no way I would have gotten to um, Virginia and then have experiences I have and, and being in the seat that I am right now. Like I, I know like the value of it, but it is sad to see that something that saved my life, like potentially um, took someone else's life. And that, that probably is what it was on top of sleep deprivation. Wow. Yeah, that's really well said. Um, the sleep deprivation is true. That's a real thing too, no doubt. Um, I feel like all of us should be sleeping better, but I know, for some reason not. it's not the case. I had a couple of weeks where that was the case, but now I, I think I'm more of a nocturnal person than I realize. Yeah. And um, it's just, yeah, it is. It is what it is. Yeah. I am not complaining. Like I would rather not get sleep in the comfort of my own home. <laughs> um, then to be then to be sick, then be getting get sick and be really really That's um, a good rested, point. So. Um, all right, so we just you know I, I think you know to to kind of uh, underscore this point, I think what you said is right, and I want to want you to to, to comment. Um, yeah, I guess we got to just continue the conversation, right? I mean that's that's the that's the only solution that we have any control of. You continue the conversation, and then when you see wrong, like name it. Like absolutely name it, um, and that no matter what the wrong is, and and that is the I think the second part is the hardest part. Yeah, I agree, um, and it's 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 hard because there's often conflict involved, and conflict mm-hmm. is hard. Um, yep. You're good at conflict, though. So uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> only with you. I know. <laughs> um, so you're 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 running a little bit more now. Um, really excited about that. Is it only because of the Kai Shai spreadsheet? What's going on with it your running? It is 100% only because of Kai Shai spreadsheet. <laughs> like I, I find running to be probably one of the, the, the most terrible things that you can ever do. It saved your um, life, but it's the most terrible thing. It that It saved my do. life. Yes. And the only reason I ran because there was a competition. That if there wasn't competition, there's no way I would have done it. Yeah. Um, so this is just enough competition in my middle age um, to keep me interested. So you're doing a, a, a every other day or so, uh, and how's that going? I'm pretty. I'm pretty close to five to six days wow. straight, and then I'll try to jump on the bike. Um, like I'll ride the bike down to the school and ride it back, or nice. something at the store. See, I, re- um, I relate. So- I relate with Raymond because that's the way I thought of competition. Because like, it's hard were, for me to go running now. I just don't find that much joy in it. So, Ju- right? see, like, is, I just love to Docs, compete. That Ju- was the Julie thing. Julie and, and and Raymond were actually good, like really good. Like you and I, you know, we were we were okay, but that's why they hate it, and that's why you and I love it, right, Docs? I was Raymond's agent once. I know you <laughs> were. He was a really good agent. <laughs> he was. <laughs> He was. He was you, yeah. you, I mean, don't don't sell yourself short. I mean, there, you, there's some. There, we all have different strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what I appreciate far and 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 docs are like you all did things in your post collegiate career, um, mm-hmm. a post track that I would never do. Right? You you are like top ten and top like top five in the in the Marine Corps. Yeah, right? man. Um, thank you. Thank you. I remember top sharing six, about that. But yeah, thank, thank I know you. the whole point yeah. of the show is actually two. Um, so, so he has he has there. listened. Oh enough. wow! Yeah, yeah so he's he has, picked yeah. up enough on yeah. that. Yeah, because yeah. Docs and I slam him, and so he needs a guest <laughs> I, I, to come yeah, in here I, and there and make him feel good him, about himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there I, may I, be an Olympian on the phone. There may be an engineer who's the smartest person I know. But yeah. like the whole point is the two probably. <laughs> I, I need it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really yeah. insecure. I'm insecure, so I need it. Very true. It's really the premise of the show. That's how it all started. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, this was fantastic. Uh, it's, it's a hard subject to talk about. Um, honestly, um, a couple of white guys and a white female, 
um, talking to a, a black man who's had total different experiences. And uh, I really, I really appreciate you opening up and, and sharing, you know, what you were thinking and your thoughts and some solutions that I think are, are, are really thought provoking and, and, and things that we should all do. Yeah, absolutely, no problem at all. Sorry, we didn't talk about your um, rabies. Um, yeah, I, I, you uh, know, rabies I, attack. We'll have to get you on for another show. I for that. We we do. There's yeah. There's it, we'll, we'll I'll touch on it after we uh, after the break here. But yeah, I, I try to keep it to a, a somewhat of a time schedule here. Yeah, we ran out of time to embarrass Farley. Sorry, yeah, I, we're uh, yeah yeah we've done <laughs> enough of that today. Um, look at look at this guy, Mister Mister. Uh, project management. I yes, like yes, yeah. Wow, <laughs> Sh- shockingly, yes, yeah. What world are we in that I'm the project manager here? Uh, all right, uh, Raymond Whedon. He is the executive director of Thurgood Marshall Academy. Uh, he is also a great friend of of our family and the show, and uh, he joined us on Pace Nation. Great stuff, uh, Raymond. Really appreciate it, man. How's it going? Be safe, family. All right, brother. There he goes. Raymond Whedon, he joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Raymond Whedon for joining us. It's at Raymond Whedon on Twitter. Give him a follow. Um, Great interview, uh, serious topics, heavy hitting stuff. Um, I feel like, uh, he, uh, articulated it extremely well on, you know, where he was feeling and where we should go, which I thought was really cool. Uh, so thanks to, uh, Raymond for coming on and sharing his perspective on the Ahmed Arbery, uh, tragedy. Um, he mentioned, uh, docs, uh, and he, and he, I don't know how he had this, but uh, I think you were on that text too, um, Julie. Yeah. Uh, about a rabies shot. Just real quick, um, he sent us a <laughs> he sent us a sign that I believe my brother made twenty, probably close to twenty five years ago. Um, after I'd been bitten by a dog when I was before I was born, this is before I was born. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was I was running in Charlottesville one summer, bitten by a dog, and I was so angry because I had a workout to do that I just decided to keep running and I just you know let the dog you know go back with its owner and didn't really stop or ask about shots or anything like that. I just was Wait, so. This is your sign. This is my brother made this sign. Yes. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So. I was so irritated uh, because I needed to get this workout in. So I, uh, you know, I finished the workout. I had like a, a blood streaming down my leg by the end of the workout, a gash on my leg. I still have a little scar to this day. And uh, I got back and, and, and I don't remember who was in the house that we were living in that summer, but they said, well, what the heck happened to your leg? And I said, oh, I got bit by a dog. It was so annoying. And they're like, Farley, do you know if that dog has rabies? this could be fatal. And I said, nah, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, and my brother happened to be staying there. He's like, uh, no, 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 This is not fine. Uh, we're going to find the dog. So he, he made this, uh, sign that Raymond sent us and it says, I need to get a rabies shot unless I can find the dog. And then he has a stick figure of a person in a dog <laughs> mauling the person's leg, the <laughs> stick leg. It's the worst art ever. <laughs> worst. Art I mean, ever. It, th- 
th- there's no way that you could tell what kind of dog it is. No. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the fact that somebody in college drew that is shocking. Yes. I, I thought that, that the sign was made by a three-year-old. Wait, no. this wasn't John? This no. was your brother, this Brian, who brother. was yeah. older than you. Yes, right. This Correct. looks like, I was going to say, John's quite a bit younger than you. Yeah. That would, this would be would acceptable for no. a, you know, a 12-year-old. So, so unless I No, could, this is his older brother. Yes. <laughs> Unless I could find the dog that bit me, rabies is 100% fatal, and I must find the dog in the next few days, we are uh, not considering any charges. And that was the sign that we littered around Charlottesville. <laughs> I can't believe Raymond has that picture. We we were just talking about this. Raymond was going through uh, all of his old documents and everything like that. He, he was looking for some, some workouts that he did yeah. in college. And and this was in the package with the with the workouts, and so he sent it to us, and and the conversation was, how in the heck did you guys find the dog based on these horrible pictures, this horrible poster? The posters were crazy. Were all around uh, all of Charlottesville. Uh, the cops were not that helpful. I mean, they did what they no. could. Um, no, my, they my, were they were too busy out harassing Raymond. I, I have, wow, <laughs> good one. <laughs> uh, I have uh, I have my dad coming down, my brother, and then the, uh, the entire Kai Shai house combing the area, and we finally find the dog, and the dog, sure enough, had had its shots verified. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yep. So um, I, I've actually told this story before when when we. Uh, on on the episode where we paid tribute to your father, yeah, because yep. because you your dad like you you're underselling this, yeah. Uh, we all, we all call his dad the Wolf, yeah, uh, like like the Harvey Keitel character from from Pulp Fiction, because the Wolf came down and gave everybody jobs and made all of this happen. Oh yeah, he mobilized the troops quickly, barked out yeah. orders. Everybody was you know stop what they were doing, the video games that they were playing or whatever we were doing that summer, mm-hmm. and. Every Everybody was on the case, and the dog was found in a couple of hours. Uh, but how, to, how? How was the dog found? I, this this is still this is still eludes us. How well, how was the dog so, found? So we had uh, we had everybody talking to anybody uh, on the street, anybody and everybody on the street, and uh, we had kind of gotten a, a lead that there was a. Uh, a, a dog that goes out on a long leash that fit the description that was in this certain area. And my dad started knocking on every single door in that area uh, because we mm-hmm. had kind of uh, through, through a bunch of the signs didn't help. Sorry, Brian, my brother no. signs yeah. didn't help at all, but we had through, through conversations we had with people out and walking their dogs, etc. So we had figured out that the dog must lived and live in one of these apartments uh, my dad went and knocked on every single door. I was like, ah, it's no big deal. He was not stopping or slowing down for anything. Knocks on all these doors. Finally, he knocks on one of these doors, and a dog comes so aggressively to the to the door that it breaks the actual window shades that are um, that are that are covering the door. And my dad said, "Hey, Christopher, we got our dog." And sure enough, it was the dog. I, I find the narrative of this story really funny because. It's not as if like a normal person wouldn't have known like what part of Charlottesville to look for the dog. Like if you were out on your ro- like you were part of the incident. Right, right. So like you not knowing well, the neighborhood, I mean, you know, how the long, general you know, area where the dog was. They could have just been, you know, they could have walked a couple miles away. Who knows? You know, there was no way of knowing, really. 
But it's, let's just yeah, gloss. There's no way of knowing, Julie. Let's gloss over those <laughs> there's details. There's no way of knowing. Let's gloss over those details. <laughs> let's gloss over um, the directionals part. I can't believe that's a part of the conversation of today's show. But anyways, <laughs> that was the dog incident in Charlottesville 20-some-odd years ago. Before I was born. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, We're open for virtual fits, curbside pickups. Our stores are not quite open to the public yet, but we are open and selling shoes and servicing customers. Uh, You can check us out at runpacers.com. Of course, this podcast is also sponsored by Random Row. Doc's favorite beer, my favorite beer, Julie's favorite beer. Uh, what 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 is your guys' favorite beer again? Yeah, I think we're gonna have to have a reminder each episode. The Crown is mine. The Crown and the Mosaic. Mosaic, yep. Docs. Well, I told I told you last week that it's the the Oktoberfest called March. That's right. Yep, the Oktoberfest. It's not quite out yet. I couldn't remember the name last year or last week, but I remember it this week. A locally owned brewery in Charlottesville, Random Row. Uh, you can check them out. Cold Country Salmon is the webs- website uh, to get your uh, delivery of Random Row beer. All right, a lot of bits happening during this pandemic. Let's. Uh, you gonna explain what a bit is? <laughs> well, a bit I think is. Uh, I think that most people know what a bit is. Do they? You know, if it's like a skit. But I think it's a, I think it's a good question. I, I, I like that Julie's putting you on the spot to define it. A skit and a bit, like, you know, it's 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 a um it's a <laughs> I'm See? pausing I'm pausing for dramatic effect. Uh a a bit is something that you would do probably to gain attention um it's an activity or an act that is um probably not taken very seriously attention seeking attention seeking act it's attention seeking that shouldn't be taken seriously it should not be taken seriously yeah okay so that leads us into the bad bits (laughs) the bad bits of the the running community bad bits of the week i don't know i guess we should let people decide whether they're good bits or bad bits true True. You know, I don't, I don't know if I want to be the judge of all of them. Although you've already been the judge. So <laughs> I, I just have a quick question. Like now that you have really little kids, do you, do you find that, that you're challenged coming up with definitions on a daily basis? Um, yeah. To, like what, what does that word mean? Yeah. yeah to, we're not quite to, there yet. To define it to them. Yeah. It we're is. just trying to get them to talk or at least James to talk in, in sentences. As yeah. Opposed so to we're like, not, not quite there. You know, and I just, words. I'm at the point where I can make it up right now. So it's not that difficult and he's not going to know the wise. It's a few more years before they yeah. start to see through daddy's explanations. All right. That's true. Or through his bad bits. Well, that's, it's a thing. It's a thing. So uh, I think Julie is preparing you well by asking you to define bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me t- give you a couple examples of bits that are happening right now in the uh, running world. Uh, Sidious Mag, uh, Sidious Mag on Twitter, has challenged the running community to run a mile as slow as possible. It's just a simple challenge: run the mile as slow as you can without stopping or walking. Okay. I've been working on that for like the past <laughs> couple years. Um, and I. You need some credit. I, I, uh, I noticed that Molly Seidel, second place 
at the um, marathon trials. Uh, yeah. Her mile PR is 446. Uh, she averaged 538 at the uh, Olympic trials in the entire marathon. Her slow mile was 36 minutes. Can you believe it? 36. She did a mile in 36 minutes. Uh, Sidious Mag, you can see the uh, it's a hashtag slow mile challenge. Good bit or bad bit? You know, I think this challenge is kind of going out to elites. It seems like that's really who mm -hmm. pays attention to Sidious Mag, probably a huge portion of yep. their demographic that they speak to. But there are a lot of people who can run, who, who like at their best run really, really slow. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of a mockery going on in there. So I'm not sure. So I'm you're not sure. Bad bit. Bad I, bit. I'm going to go with the bad bit. Yeah, I think bad bit too. Um, Docs, you have an opinion? Yeah. Uh, well, I have a couple of opinions. First of all, Farley, <laughs> is is her 36 minute mile faster or slower than your beer mile? <laughs> 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 not a strong beer miler. Not a strong beer. Admittedly, yeah. not a strong beer miler. But I am better than a thirty-six minuter. Okay, barely, barely better. <laughs> I, I'm okay with this bit if it's if it's for people that can run. Like she can run five five thirty-six for twenty-six straight miles. It's it's something entertaining. It's it's okay. I, I don't I don't feel like they're mocking anybody who does run slow. Um, and we always celebrate everybody, no matter what their pace is, what their speed is. So All right. it's it's the fact that they're doing something different. And and she did a she did a whole video of her doing her her mile uh, run, including crossing the street really slow, which is funny. Yeah. And and being on the track, she she was on the track for for a little bit. Um, you know, so so like her whole thing, it was not just a thirty six minute mile it was like there was a lot of comedy to each of the scenes so it's it's funny to watch all right i think if she just went out there and ran four laps on the track and nothing happened it would be a bad bit but the right. fact that 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 she was doing other things entertaining within it i'm gonna give her a, a thumbs up and since my my bit meter is more important than <laughs> either of you uh she she gets a pass all right, I'm going to say uh, fair assessment, Docs. I'm going to say bad bit, though. Uh, unless she joins <laughs> us on the show, then I'll say good bit. If she wants to, if she wants. <laughs> if John Green can get her, uh, her on the show, I'll change my tune. Uh, so right, you will, you will, you will turn on a dime. Yep. Uh, all right, Nick Simmons wore bionic legs. Good bit or bad bit? Bad bit. Ordered them from Amazon.com. Yeah, ordered from Amazon. Tried to break the world record in the mile. Yeah. Docs, what do you think? He said bad bit. He was quick to that. Um, shop local, Nick. Shop local. You had, bad, bad you had me at Nick Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Julie, good bit, bad bit. Bad bit. Did he break the world record? I don't think so. All right. Well, I don't understand what he did either. He had uh, bionic legs. He bought them from Amazon. Again, shop local. Uh, are, but are bionic legs, is that like what? Like like blades or something? They look like they kind of look like blades, at yeah. least from the the sketch I like saw. Like the old jump shoes, maybe you know they've got these like springs on them, um, you know, <laughs> pogo stick ish. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, and and I think he just fell on his face and didn't um, 
wasn't able to. Yeah, I would think that that would be hard to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, it got a lot of attention for it. So um, he's the king of bits. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's the um, king of bad bits. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's a across the board bad bit. Uh, finally, Dylan Sorensen. I think that's how you say his name. Sorensen. Sorensen um, set the world record for a mile I dribbling think, a basketball. Was it mile or sixteen hundred? Either way. Yeah. Let's say it's a sixteen hundred. I think it might have been a sixteen hundred. Uh, he did, did he did uh, the mile while um, dribbling the ball in four thirty six. Four thirty seven. Four thirty seven. Um, wearing a Jordan jersey because he's a coach at UNC. Uh, good bit or bad bit? Uh, I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna go on the record and say uh, bad bit uh, because I just think it's um, I, I don't know I I, I think that um, um, I think that he should have mentioned that he went to Georgetown. That's the reason why I think it's a bad bit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't mention that he went to Georgetown in the uh, video. Bad bet. Well, weren't weren't you talking about it in the sense of like he's wearing a Jordan jersey? Yeah. But Patrick Ewing is our yeah. basketball coach at Georgetown. Correct. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was part of it. But yes. Okay. You, yeah. You guys should. You guys should hear yourself. You sound so ridiculous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Petty. Like, Petty. just listen. Yeah. Just listen to the show back and, and dial it down a little bit. Jeez. <laughs> all right. um, first all right. of all, it's a harmless bit when you know you're talking about anything in the in the in the first segment of this. Uh, this this is a harmless bit. It's fun. It's fun with the sport. People are bored. It, it's entertaining. I give them a pass. It's I'll, a good bit. I okay. I think, but I think that's the that's the topic, right? That's the ultimate question we wanted to ask. Of all the bits, the good bits and the bad bits, do we like the fact that there are bits going on? Yeah. I, just I, yes. big, big, big picture. Always, always. Big picture in terms of other professional sports. Yeah. Do we do lots of bad bits with other professional sports? Is this is this the is norm? This cheapening. When we're trying to become a more professionalized sport, I'm just ask, I'm posing the question because I don't know the answer because I'm not a big sports fan. I do know the answer. This, this makes professional athletes more more relatable they're not okay. boring like like people hate runners that are just boring you know why like des linden people love des linden because she's funny on twitter she's got a good social media game she's clever she does other things besides just run so so it makes her more relatable this makes runners more relatable this kind of stuff with the sport uh engages fans more i'm all for it all right i think it sort of cheapens the uh the the actual core sport of running, so I I'm I'm being a bit of a purist. I have a little bit of an issue with it, but um, I don't know. I don't know. If it's, <laughs> if it's a, I don't a square. Know. What a, a square. If it's a, you know, and this is you know maybe uh, old man Farley. Hey guys, get off his lawn. <laughs> maybe I mean this is maybe running counter to me. You what I usually think, but uh, I, I'm I'm not a fan. I go, I go bit by bit. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. I each, judge bit by bit. You take each bit. If it's a good bit or a bad bit. Yeah. So I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna make a big, huge generalization about it. I'll go bit by bit. I I agree with that too. I mean, like the 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 danger with doing a bit is, uh, you you could fall flat on your face. Yeah. And and if you fall flat on your face, it doesn't matter. It's it's not good for anybody. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, but like I like I said, I watched the I watched the Molly Seidel video, and and I thought she was funny. I thought some of the stuff that she did in the video made me laugh. And it's and, true. and in that case, in that case, it was worth doing. Well, I like that though, because I think uh, in her video, it's really showcasing her personality. Yeah, right. It's less yeah. about the actual task and more about the fun and doing it. So maybe that's part of the the bar we set. Right. Your bit meter is uh, gauged on if it shows your personality. Okay, that's fair. I guess you have to have a good personality there, too, <laughs> right. to get a good All right, read. if you have any other bits out there, tweet us at Pace the Nation. Let us know what your favorite bits are going on and running. All right, finally, uh, Toronto did something cool. They closed off 57 kilometers and just made it a uh, running and biking uh, haven. You could go out and you could run, you could bike, you could do whatever you wanted on this closed road for 57 kilometers. Now, how far is 57 kilometers? Yeah, can you do the math real quick? I mean, I know that 5K is three miles, mm-hmm. so I'm expecting this to be 30. All right, and you're a marathoner, miles. so how many kilometers are in a marathon? Uh, 42 kilometers in a marathon. Okay. So it's a little over a marathon. So let's say it's. So let's call it close to 30 miles or so. Yeah. Well, I, th- like that. I think Farley's, Farley's math on, on doing a conversion from a 5K is, is good and then multiply that by 10. That was, yeah. That's good ballpark math. I'll, I'll commend yeah. you for your math skills. So it's 30 maybe, some odd miles. Maybe you'll make it to, to third grade with James. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this, this, I am Mom's going to take over I'm from there. I'm getting destroyed on this podcast. Those people who don't like me <laughs> oh. getting hammered listen uh, if you want to bring complimenting you if you want to bring members of kai shy on the podcast the tone is going to turn that's that's a good point um Uh, but but yeah super cool 57 kilometers uh are being closed down at least temporary temporarily in the city of toronto i believe toronto lifted some of their um stay-at-home orders this past week i think slowly businesses are starting to open um but I thought this was pretty cool. Not only is it encouraging outdoor activity, but it, it offers a lot more space for people, you know, who are trying to social distance, say six feet apart, you know, those sidewalks. And, and you're going to see that in D.C. And, and even Arlington here. Um, the sidewalks are starting to get crowded as people start to come out of their home. So what a neat concept to have a little bit more space to kind of stretch your legs and, and breathe, really. Yeah. And it's three major roads in Toronto. Um, which I think is, is really cool. And there, there, there's people cycling and walking and exercising. And, uh, you know, I would say the, the area here that I think of that would be close to that is, uh, Rock Creek park. And I, I guess that's been pretty much closed and people are using that. I haven't run that far. I haven't ventured out that far, but I'm sure yeah. some of our listeners have. Um, and that's, oh, been, yeah. that's been, I think that's been closed pretty much, uh, the entire, wouldn't you think that, that it would be like if they shut down the GW Parkway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good, yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. Uh, I know they'll never do that, but, um, may, unless there's a race, unless there's a race. Exactly. When, when our race comes back, they will. So how do you guys rate, uh, Toronto's bit? <laughs> uh, I think that's a good bit. Oh, yes. That's a great bit. Great bit. Great bit. Good okay. question. Dunks. Yeah. I think, I think it's a good bit to All right, episode 236 in the books. Great show, guys. Thanks again to Raymond Whedon for joining us 
today on the podcast. He's the executive director of the Thurgood Marshall Academy. Uh, he joined us to talk about the Ahmad Arbery situation, among other things. So great to have our buddy Raymond Whedon on the show. It's at Raymond Whedon. Do you think Raymond's still listening at this point? No, he's done. No. He's done too. Yeah, yeah. I think he's out. Yeah. But thanks for it. Thanks to him anyway. Um, appreciate you listening to half the show. All right. For William E. Docs <laughs> and Julie Cully, I'm Chris Farley. This is Face the Nation. We'll see you next week. You all know how to say hello when people call? I, we were uh, messing with the audio, I know. <laughs> kind of rude. Totally rude. Um, Do you want to be on this show or not? <laughs> <laughs> Docs is I, considering I, editing it all out. I'm, Hi! I'm, thanks. I, I just kind of wanted to highlight how how different of an experience it is. Like how, how you have to put so much more time, energy, effort, and thought into just going for a f- run, run. <laughs> and I, I i wanted to definitely that use that well. De- don't use the effing yeah. part but use the rest of it, it was really good that's great i like the effing uh, part <laughs> i thought that gave great emphasis <laughs> uh it'll come out it'll, it'll come out on monday make sure you tweet it to your uh 15 followers yeah, no, one's gonna, no one's gonna listen to me talking in yeah, this gonna be this, this no this was great this is a great show this, honestly this might actually be the only way that our other friends listen i know it's true that's true yeah that is true actually all right, all right cool. thanks have dude all right all right thanks Raymond. later and hold on oh they're going to get the dog <laughs> And now the cops are going to get the dog. That's a lot of activity.